Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. For over 175 years, four purposes have defined Hillsdale's mission, learning, character, faith, and freedom. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to our brothers and sisters at Hillsdale for their great sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Eight seven seven three eight one three eight one one eight seven seven three eight one three eight one one. Is there a Matt Gates movement out there to make him Speaker of the House of Representatives, Mister Producer? Are you aware of this movement out there? There's not a Matt Gates for a Speaker movement. Why not? Can he get a majority of the vote, Matt? Why don't you put yourself out there and run for speaker? The other knucklehead did, Biggs. You can do it. But Matt won't do it. I don't know why. He's very articulate. He's a good debater. Um, little dabble doom. Notice that, too. But isn't he exactly the statesmanlike material that we want in a speaker of the House? There's some confusion with the five knuckleheads and the propaganda they're putting out there. They have no plan. And we are running out of time. And we need a Judiciary Committee that is ready to roll. No less of a conservative than Jim Jordan has said so. The problem with not getting behind somebody is we get behind. We have a special counsel on the loose who's trying to treat Donald Trump like he's a war criminal. We have a completely out of control Department of Justice, what it's done to so many innocent protesters, innocent individuals, pro-lifers, and how it's also given aid and comfort to so many left-wing violent types, how it's gone off to parents, gone after parents, and the list is a long one. We have a wide-open border, There's a crap load to get done. Investigations of the Biden crime family. And Matt Gates has no plan for anything. 
except to keep pointing to himself and draw attention to himself. Now, Matt Gates is entertaining. Very entertaining. But there's a lot of entertaining people. And we're not interested in being entertained by Matt Gates. We want action. We conservatives want action. We conservatives want to go on the offensive. We conservatives understand that there's what, a five, six, seven vote majority in the House? And we conservatives know that the five boneheads have no backup plan, so they want to play it out, you see. Play it out. So maybe so maybe a Fred Upton can get it. Maybe a Liz Cheney can get it. Maybe a Democrat can get it. I don't know. They don't know. And then they want you to believe that if you're concerned about this, that means you must support all of McCarthy's policies, which clearly I have not. But then again, I don't support all of Andy Biggs' policies either, like sabotaging Convention of States. Do we know where Matty Gates stands on Convention of States? Will you Google that, Mr. Producer? We do know we haven't heard from Matty Gates much. Comments on everything, but not that, apparently. Certainly not much. So Mitch McConnell's running away with the federal budget. He's running away with the debt. They're running away, proposing massive amnesty. This is the Republicans in the Senate. And these five boneheads are slowing down our ability to get these committees going with Comer, with Jordan, as Jordan has pointed out. But all of us, we must be wrong. We must be sellouts. We must be flip-floppers. We must be rhinos. Because we don't agree with the five boneheads who have thrown a wrench into the system. If they have a great candidate, let's see it. Matt Gates doesn't even have enough faith in himself to put himself up for Speaker of the House. And Biggs, would any of you support a Republican Speaker who sabotaged Convention of States in the State Senate in Arizona, even though the State Senate wanted to pass it, he wouldn't bring the vote up? Is that what you want? Oh, we need rule changes. Well, you ought to change that rule in Arizona. That's for sure. Any of these five boneheads are welcome on the show. I said that a week or two ago. You don't need to go on other shows. Be cowards. Really, you don't. You need to hide behind Twitter. Hide behind other podcasts. Come get me. I'm right here. I'm not that smart. I'm just a talk show host, don't you know? Pathetic. Absolutely pathetic. I once had respect for some of these guys. I have virtually none now, to be perfectly honest with you. Just saying. Now, there are others who are holding out who I do have respect for. Is because they're trying to figure out how to make this work. Guys like Chip Roy. Chip Roy and I go back some ways. But that's not these five boneheads. No. They're more drama queens than anything else. I've had enough with drama queens. I've had enough with boneheads. The country's dying. The country's unraveling. 
The Biden administration is at the point of the spear, and we need to get down to business, and we need to get down to business right now. And they need to get their staff together. They need to get their resources together. And the Bidens and the Democrats, they're not going to roll over and play dead. The media, they're not going to roll over and play dead. So who is it? Who's the next speaker? Who is it? If it's not McCarthy. So I'm just serious. There's nobody. They don't have anybody. They don't have a soul. Nobody. And I even know the people who are advising them in the shadows. Yeah, keep it up. Keep doing it. And they think they're the real conservatives. Much like Trotsky thought he was the real communist. But no, 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 Lenin's the real communist. No, 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 Stalin's the real communist. No, no, no. I'm a conservative, constitutional conservative. I've been around a long time. The issue here is, are we going to push back? Are we going to fight hard and confront our political adversaries or not? If it turns out a McCarthy's not cutting it, they know that they can make the effort to remove him. They want the ability to have one or two members to call to vacate the chair and throw out the speaker. I mean, it was done during Thomas Jefferson's time. Yeah. And I can see the Democrats playing games with that endlessly. Can't you, Mr. Producer? Of course. But I remember when Boehner was removed. When Boehner was removed, Mark Meadows will remind America. Mark Meadows was the one who who led the way and consulted with me. And I explained to him how he could do it. And Mark Meadows will attest to that. Oh, that's correct. That's why Boehner hates my guts. Because Boehner hated the Tea Party. Boehner wouldn't talk to the conservatives. Boehner was removing conservatives from committees. Boehner was trying to destroy them the way McConnell does on the Senate side. Boehner was a House leader like McConnell is a Senate leader. And I came to Meadows' defense. He contacted me. We had more than one discussion, one in particular, where we discussed it and went over it. About the same time that Annie Biggs was blocking Convention of States in the State Senate in Arizona. About the same time, Matt Gates was running around as a state representative in Florida. And the other three boneheads, I don't know what they were doing. So we don't need any lectures here in this audience from these five members who talk a good game, who draw attention to themselves, but don't accomplish a damn thing. Not a damn thing. And if we don't start accomplishing things around here, we're not going to be able to save this country. There's a point of no return.
And I suspect the vast majority of conservatives and constitutionalists agree with me. It's time to get to work. It's time to engage this administration. It's time to expose the FBI and the Department of Justice. It's time to come to the defense of pro-life organizations. It's time to fight to secure the border. It's time to get on with it. I'll be right back. Mark Lupin. Folks, our friends at Hillsdale College wish you and yours a happy and blessed Christmas and a healthy and prosperous New Year. Since Hillsdale's founding in 1844, it's taught its students by precept and example the teachings and practices of the Christian faith. The college continues the mission in its classrooms and nationwide through its educational outreach efforts. So this Christmas season, my friends at Hillsdale want to thank you, dear listener, for your kindness toward the college. They prepared a special video featuring their sacred music choir singing O Little Town of Bethlehem in their beautiful Christ Chapel at the heart of the campus. When you visit hillsdale.edu slash Christmas, that's hillsdale.edu slash Christmas, you can see and hear the choir and view many other free resources to help you celebrate the season. I promise it'll be uplifting and inspiring for you and your family. That's hillsdale.edu slash Christmas. We're losing elections because the Republicans suck. Over in the Senate so far, since the election, there's a deal that has been reached today with Patrick Leahy, one of the most loathsome, longest-serving senators in American history, and Richard Shelby, who is a complete rhino sellout, head of the Senate Appropriations for the Republicans, uh, as well as, you may remember, Rosa DeLauro. Looks a little bit like Maxwell Smart. And with the support of Mitch McConnell, we have a massive spending bill between the Republicans in the Senate and the Democrats in the Senate and the Democrats in the House. And they expect to get it done, passed before Christmas. Kevin McCarthy has said, hell no that the Republicans in the House will oppose it, but also has objected, as have we, that this is specifically being done to circumvent the American people in the last election where the Republicans took control of the House of Representatives. That needs to be the focus. Meanwhile, the Senate Republicans aren't standing still. Many of them voted for what I call the Anti-Religion Act, they can call it the Respect for Marriage Act all they want. Gay marriage and interracial marriage have been legal now for years. Interracial marriage has been legal and federalized at the Supreme Court for over half a century. It was an utterly meaningless vote in that sense. And the court held about eight years ago that same-sex marriage is protected by the Equal Protection Clause as well. So why did they do this? They did this to attack religious institutions. Religious institutions that, that decide whether they be Orthodox Jew or Muslim or Evangelical Christian or faithful Catholics or whatever. 
that they will not recognize same-sex marriage for certain institutional purposes. And so they want to stamp that out, does Washington. So this wasn't about protecting same-sex marriage or interracial marriage. In the case of same-sex marriage, and they attached interracial marriage to it, which has nothing to do with same-sex marriage per se, because it's the Anti-Religion Act. Twelve Republicans in the Senate went along with it. And now the Republicans are discussing massive amnesty with the Democrats. Tom Tillis leading the way. Massive amnesty. For millions of people here illegally, and Chuck Schumer has already said, in promoting his replacement theory, which is really what the Democrats are for, a replacement of the citizenry, and then they call it a theory when they're doing it, says, you know, Americans aren't having enough babies. Therefore, we need to import more help, replacement. So they push abortion on the one hand, and then they push open borders on the other. Now that said, the border's wide open. Why would you even be discussing amnesty of any kind if you're a Republican? And then Mitch McConnell goes in front of the microphone over and over again, trashing Trump. Trump, even now, yesterday. He's the reason we didn't get enough senators. No, you're the reason, you schmuck. Your agenda, massive spending, massive debt, massive amnesty, anti-religion act. And by the way, they already met the Democrats on the 40-yard line when it came to gun control several months back. Remember that, Mr. Producer? And the Democrats have said what we knew they would say. Oh, that's not enough. That's nothing. And no wonder Mitch McConnell and his sycophants, they have no legislative agenda. Because it's It's so similar to the Democrat legislative agenda. What are they going to run on? We want to meet the Democrats on the 40-yard line? We want bipartisanship with radicals in the Democrat Party? What are they running on? What do they want to run on? says we need quality candidates. How many times are we going to learn this? We need quality senators. How many times are we going to learn this? So let's just be honest. Under the current phony leadership in the United States Senate, the Republican Party sucks. I'll be right back. Folks, our friends at Hillsdale College wish you and yours a happy and blessed Christmas and a healthy and prosperous new year. Since Hillsdale's founding in 1844, it's taught its students by precept and example the teachings and practices of the Christian faith. The college continues the mission in its classrooms and nationwide through its educational outreach efforts. So this Christmas season, my friends at Hillsdale want to thank you, dear listener, for your kindness toward the college. They prepared a special video featuring their sacred music choir singing O Little Town of Bethlehem in their beautiful Christ Chapel at the heart of the campus. When you visit hillsdale.edu slash Christmas, that's hillsdale.edu slash Christmas, you can see and hear the choir and view many other free resources to help you celebrate the season. I promise it'll be uplifting and inspiring for you and your family. That's hillsdale.edu slash Christmas. When the going gets tough, a tough get 
Mark Levin. Call him now at 877-381-3811. We are the true conservatives and constitutionalists. We don't pretend we're something else. Populists, nationalists. They can't even define these words. But they're in vogue. They're faddish. And so I'm calling on Matt Gates, that's spelled G-A-E-T-Z, not G-E-A-T-Z, to run for speaker. Run for speaker. If he's in Florida, I'm sure he can catch a flight. I understand he missed one not too long ago, but he can, he can catch a flight. And uh, you see what's going on in the country now? You see what's going on in the Senate now? There's not a single senator other than McConnell, Schumer, Shelby, and Leahy, those four, who knows what's in this bill. Not a single, single senator who knows what's in the bill And yet, when it comes out, they'll all get behind it. They'll have their talking points that will be handed out to them. They'll all support it. Then they'll all say, we averted a government shutdown. And then they want you to treat them like conquering heroes when they go home. There's not a single member of the House of Representatives, bar two or three or four, who know what's in this bill. There's not a single American citizen outside of those eight members of Congress who has any idea what's going on with this bill and the vast majority don't even know there is a bill that they're working on. That's not representative government, America. That's not constitutional government. What the hell is it? It's government by a small Politburo. It's government by a small Politburo in Congress. That's what it is. And it's a huge disaster. Massive spending bill, an anti-religion bill, massive amnesty. They already voted for increased gun control, but of course that doesn't go far enough. This is meeting the Democrats on the 40-yard line. This is why people don't vote Republican. Because even when Republicans run and say they're not Democrats, many of them are. This is why McConnell is constantly going to that microphone, trashing the Tea Party, trashing MAGA, trashing conservatives, trashing Trump. He knows the media will gobble it up, and he wants to continue to do what he's doing. And by the way, at 7.20 p.m. tonight, Eastern Time, we will have Peter Schweitzer on the program. Nobody better than to discuss this and the so-called Republican leader. Matt Vespa over at Town Hall is a great writer. The GOP is gambling on a bill that could give conservatives a reason to never vote for them again. Can someone hit the brakes? We're on a runway tr- runaway train traveling at high speed. 
approaching a bend and destined to careen off the tracks unless a brave soul tells the Republican Party to torpedo this heinous immigration deal that's being mulled up on the Hill. He said, I never thought I'd see the day when some Republicans would willingly back a mass amnesty bill and be blind to the fact that the only people who gained a benefit from this push, both in the immediate and long term, are Democrats. In the words of Ellen Ripley, nuke the entire site from orbit when it comes to this bill, which we have railed against since the first details were made public, which, of course, we helped expose here and have never stopped railing against. Bill's many border security measures log rolled in, serving as an ammunition belt for the members of the Congress who need to sell this legislation back home as a border security measure. More money for Border Patrol agents, salary hikes for current officers, and an expedited deportation process for migrants who fail to meet asylum benchmarks. That flanking remover is something you already know. Two million deferred action for childhood arrivals recipients will be put on the citizenship track, who could then sponsor their extended family members once they're through the process. There was an analysis done several years back that said 19 or 21 individuals on average are part of this uh, family extended sponsor process. So for every one illegal alien that gets citizenship, you really can count 19 or 20. We're talking millions of people, and it doesn't disincentivize illegal immigration. No, because the current administration has an open border. The current administration has the support of Schumer, who said the other week, as I said at the opening of the show, that he wants amnesty for all illegal immigrants, period. So what Schumer's doing, and he made it abundantly clear, is he is trying to change the nature of the citizenship. I'm not even talking about race or heritage. He's just trying to change it. The Democrats are trying to expand their base. This is their plan. If anything, it resets for another massive amnesty move in a generation or two. So it doesn't secure the border. It doesn't take the issue off the table. It's a classic kick-the-can-down-the-road move we often see from elected officials. The only difference is it's the Republicans that are getting screwed. The reaction from the conservative base should be a massive red flag to any Republican thinking about casting their lot with Senators Tom Tillis and the new independent Kirsten Sinema. They're the principal negotiators. And the far left must be chuckling over this because they know the Republican blood sports that come from this kind of a bill. It couldn't care less about barely winning the House. 2022 is a lost election cycle where the GOP could have established sizable majorities. We got a warning that the upper crust of the Senate Republican leadership wanted to get something done on immigration this year. That was rehashed when they joined forces with Democrats to pass their anti-gun package. What is Senator McConnell doing right now? The Kentucky Republican was recently re-elected to his leadership post. So where does he stand on this amnesty atrocity? Where does he stand? It wouldn't be even happening if he didn't give it the green light. It wouldn't be happening if he didn't give it the green light. And Rona McDaniel that the RNC didn't give it the green light. It wouldn't be happening any more than this massive omnibus bill would be happening, happening any more than the Anti-Religion Act would be happening. 
the Senate Republicans on the whole are not conservatives. They're not fiscal conservatives. They're not social conservatives. They're not security conservatives. They've done nothing about the border. Surrendering on amnesty. And guess what, ladies and gentlemen? Governor Ducey in Arizona is trying to secure his border by using these, I guess they're massive, those massive crates that you have on uh, freighters. And guess who just sued them today, Mr. Producer? The Department of Justice. They said they're trespassing on federal lands. Not the illegal aliens. They can trespass all they want. As long as they're not protesters who are in Washington, D.C., can't have parading and trespassing on those grounds, but you can have all the parading and trespassing you want on the southern border. All of it. In violation of federal law. Because the law has become an ass. That is, it's cherry-picked to be used against conservatives. It's cherry-picked to be used against states. And it is held in abeyance. In fact, turned on its head when it helps the left-wing Democrat Party agenda. And I'm getting sick and tired of it, as are many other people. So now the Department of Injustice has sued the governor of Arizona and the state of Arizona to try and prevent them from securing the border. Gee, I'm sure they're going to go judge shopping too. Now when this Title 42 expires next week, ladies and gentlemen, we've had a flood of illegal aliens come into this country. Seven to eighty seven to eight thousand a day. A day. That's a small city every month. That is a huge city every year. That number is going to skyrocket. Starting next week. Thanks in part to a judge by the name of Emmett Sullivan in Washington, D.C. You may have heard of this kook. In the General Flynn case. Guy's completely unhinged. But it's going to get worse. They will not secure the border. They will not complete the wall. They will not follow the past immigration rules that Trump put in place. They will not follow existing substantive immigration statutes. And that's perfectly fine. Because nobody's going to charge anybody with anything. In fact, the Republican reaction is amnesty. For DACA, you know, amnesty. And they don't even try to negotiate anything. And Mitch McConnell says, we're in the minority here. What do you expect? You have a filibuster rule, you schmuck. You know damn well what you're capable of doing. But you won't do it. Be right back. Mark Lovin. Folks, our friends at Hillsdale College wish you and yours a happy and blessed Christmas and a healthy and prosperous New Year. Since Hillsdale's founding in 1844, it's taught its students by precept and example the teachings and practices of the Christian faith. 
The college continues the mission in its classrooms and nationwide through its educational outreach efforts. So this Christmas season, my friends at Hillsdale want to thank you, dear listener, for your kindness toward the college. They prepared a special video featuring their sacred music choir singing O Little Town of Bethlehem in their beautiful Christ Chapel at the heart of the campus. When you visit hillsdale.edu slash Christmas, that's hillsdale.edu slash Christmas, you can see and hear the choir and view many other free resources to help you celebrate the season. I promise it'll be uplifting and inspiring for you and your family. That's hillsdale.edu slash Christmas. to find a dentist around here somewhere my great dentist i'm in florida right now is in virginia my and he's great dr canal he's my been my dentist gee how long now holy mackerel like 30 years but the problem is i'm here and a crown just popped off or a cap whatever you call crown just popped off my tooth during the break so uh, I haven't seen him for a while, he, you know, which obviously annoys him, but he's very nice about it. So I'm going to have to find somebody, Mr. Producer, quick. You know, whatever they put on the tooth, some kind of caulk or whatever that stuff is they put on there. I'm not going to crazy glue it myself. I know that's a mistake. You should never practice dentistry at home. Mr. Producer, that's a piece of advice I would give you. Don't be your own dentist. Peanut butter? Yeah. And there's one other thing you should never do. These home colonoscopy kits. Uh, I don't recommend doing your own colonoscopy either, Mr. Producer. That could... uh, That could definitely gum up the works. May I say that? I think I just did. Mr. Producer, to whom shall I speak? Is there somebody there? Is there an irregular or regular American? Yes. XM Satellite, Linda in King of Prussia, Pennsylvania. I know exactly where it is. And Linda, when I was a little kid, it was the biggest mall in America, King of Prussia. And they kept adding to it, the King of Prussia Mall. I I remember that. How are you? It's great. I'm fine, and I enjoy your show immensely every night at six o'clock. I'm calling. You're not a dentist, are you? No. No. Well, this damn this damn crown came off my tooth. Um, sorry. Any recommendations out there? Not really. Sorry. No. All right. Um, right I'm calling because you were speaking about Matt Gates early, and. Prior to the midterm elections, about a month, maybe two months, on one of the uh, Fox shows, Yo. I distinctly heard Matt Gates say that if we win the GOP in the House, we're the majority, that he was going to stand up and nominate Donald J. Trump for Speaker of the House. Really? And I'd be very interested in your comments, your reaction to that. Well, my reaction is that that's kind of stupid since Trump doesn't want to be speaker. And they talk about Jim Jordan. He doesn't want to be speaker. And this is what I mean by they deceive the American people and they mislead people. So who's left? 
Have you ever heard of Andy Biggs before I spoke about him on the air, ma'am? Um, no, I, no, I have not. No, you have, have not. not. Well, he wants to be speaker. Have you ever heard of Convention of States? I've heard the, I've heard the expression, yes. Would you want a man who tried to block the use of the Constitution by state legislatures to get our Constitution back to be Speaker of the House? I don't think so. All right, thank you for your call, King of Prussia. I'll be right back. This segment of the podcast is exclusively sponsored by Pure Talk. Pure Talk offers great coverage and can save your family money on your wireless bill every single month. Go to puretalk.com to find the plan that's right for you. Thank you again for listening, and thank you so much for this sponsorship, Pure Talk. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, American Mark Levin here on number 877 A few minutes, we'll have our friend Peter Schweitzer on the program. Fred Ryan, if you listen to this program, you know he's the CEO of the Washington Compost, but he's also chairman of the board of the Reagan Library. Now imagine that. Kind of schizophrenic, don't you think? Yeah, not kind of, very. And so, uh, well, he's decided he had a town hall meeting today, and he informed individuals at the Washington Compost that there were going to be layoffs in the first quarter next year. See, ladies and gentlemen, paradise, paradise, in the corrupt media doesn't exist. So here we have Fred Ryan. Apparently somebody was recording this. And then a female who's asking him questions. And then a male who's asking him questions. And then he puts them down and then he leaves the town hall. He just leaves. Cut 14, go. And then he ran away. This is the head of the Washington Compost, which is owned by Bezos. Let me read this to you because it was a little difficult to hear and understand. Fred Ryan, CEO of Washington Post, chairman of the Reagan Library, but here in his Washington Post role, we're not going to turn the town hall into a grievance session. I'm sorry. Thank you. Now, these are people who've just learned that the Washington Post will be firing people starting in January. Unknown female one, that's not a grievance session. It's just questions. Of course, she's right. Unknown female number two, answer the question. Unknown male number one, Fred, 
Fred, you talk evictions getting eliminated. What are you going to do to protect people's jobs? Are they going to be treated like the magazine staffers were? In other words, off with their heads. Ryan, we will have, we'll have more information as we move forward. Thank you very much. Unknown female number three. You seem to be disrespecting us. Well, he is. So here these people have the holidays coming up. Let, let's forget it's the Washington Post. Just, you have to treat people humanely. If you're going to fire them, you're going to eliminate the job. You need to treat people humane, humanely. Today's December 14th. Christmas is in 11 days. Hanukkah, I think, is in five or six days. Right, Mr. Producer? I have to ask my Catholic Italian Mr. Producer. He keeps track of this stuff for me. So Hanukkah's almost here. Christmas is almost here. These people are going to be with their families. They have to make decisions about purchasing gifts or taking vacations or whatever they're going to do. And they have just been told, just been told that there will be layoffs in the first quarter. That is starting in January. And they have questions, and you can imagine how anxious they are, and he won't answer them. What about a grievance session here? Grievance session? They have questions. And he doesn't want to answer them. And then he leaves like Joe Biden. Just walks out. The other day we saw what was going on at the New York Slimes. Massive corporation. Claims to care about the little people. Endorses Democrats, much like the Washington Compost. Claims to be for the little guy. Not for the little guy. Never have been for the little guy. They're just radical leftists. And so, 1,100 of them went on strike for one day. For one day. And they said they hadn't had a salary increase in 20 months. The same editorial board at the same newspaper uh, that supports a massive minimum wage increase for everybody else, right? So they had a strike. Now, several prominent and very wealthy reporters uh, crossed the strike line. I guess they call them scabs. Scabs. But they'll continue to write their stories, you know, their anti-capitalist stories. These are two newspapers. Then we look at the CNN, the Constipated News Network. Layoffs. They're losing money. They're losing audience. They're losing ratings. And all the talk about them correcting course and really being a news group, that is a joke. As long as you have Jim Acosta there and the the conga line of loser guests... You're not going to have a real news operation, and they're not going to make money. Then you go over to MSLSD. Now, they're in a better position because ultimately they're owned by Comcast that, that you pay for through cable. Comcast owns NBC and MSNBC. And I have to say this, 
MSNBC does a hell of a better job than CNN. I mean this honestly when hiring racists and bigots. Nobody can beat MSNBC on on the racists and bigots that they have in their lineup. I mean, real, true, racists and bigots. You've got Joy Reid. Who can forget that whole lineup there? Among others. So they won't be laying off anybody soon because they have that big Comcast behind them. But I thought it was interesting that Fred Ryan, the CEO of the Washington Compost and the chairman of the board of the Reagan Library, unfortunately, he's there and he's he's uh, he's got free reign there. He he's appointed all the board members that he wants. He's cleaned out any opposition like a good Marxist. Of course, he has Peggy Noonan there. and We all know how brilliant she is. And Paul Ryan and a few others. I don't even know all of them. Doesn't matter. But Fred's there to run the library into the ground, no doubt. Now, what do you think about that? If you're going to fire people and you're telling them before Christmas and Hanukkah, shouldn't you at least talk to them? Yeah, I think you should. Of course, I'm a conservative and we're totally heartless. Now, uh, ladies and gentlemen, we did a story yesterday about how food prices are through the roof, how 70% of the people are having great difficulty paying for their groceries and making ends meet. But Biden today, yet again, and his surrogates are out there telling you how fantastic the economy is. I want you to listen to this, how insane this is. This is this guy, Brian Deese, who's been a climate change radical Uh, for years, and now he's the White House National Economic Council director. Just listen to this. Cut six, go. Well, look, there's a lot of factors that go into the price of gas at the pump and supply and demand, but the big picture is what's happened over the last year is that in the wake of Putin's unconscionable invasion of Ukraine, we faced a global supply challenge because Russian oil was coming off the market and the global market... A global uh, supply challenge. Just look at this sleazeball. We shut down drilling. We made it impossible to build or even expand refineries. They specifically have driven up the cost of fossil fuels. They have shut down pipelines. Who do they think they're fooling? Who do they think they're fooling? You know, you look at FDR during World War II when we were obviously fighting for our survival. We opened up all the spigots. We opened up all available industries. And we put them to work overtime. We didn't say, well, the Nazis, Imperial Japan, fascist Italy, they're out there. So we got shortages of this. No, everybody got to work. Everybody was encouraged to work. Our industries were, were pushing as hard as they could. Steel, coal, other energy industries. That's not what's going on now. It's, oh, the Russians in Ukraine. That's what's causing all of our problems, you know. This guy's a liar. Go ahead. Not being adequately supplied. And over the past nine months, the president, through deliberate and consistent action, using authorities like the Strategic Petroleum Reserve... So the president has drained the Strategic Petroleum Reserve 
of its oil. And that deliberate action, you see, has brought down the price. And what happens when we don't have enough? Well, he won't be president anymore. What do you care? That's an economic policy. That's an economic policy? Draining the Strategic Petroleum Reserve for temporary relief from anti-energy policies of this administration? You have to be sucker to believe all this stuff anymore. In other words, you have to be a liberal Democrat. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Tired of overpaying woke wireless companies? How about this? Get talk, text, and blazing fast data, just 30 bucks a month. Yes, on the same network, the same towers, with the same coverage as the other guys, but for half the price. Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Hallelujah. Friends, this is great news. You can start saving today without having to sacrifice on coverage. How do I know? I'm a customer. Plus, listen to all the other benefits you get. A U.S.-based customer service team to make your switch even easier. You're supporting a veteran-owned business. And here's the best part. When you go to puretalk.com and enter promo code LEVINPODCAST, you'll save an additional 50% off your first month. That's right. Go to puretalk.com, enter promo code LEVIN, L-E-V-I-N, podcast and you can be switched over in as little as 10 minutes switch to a company that shares your values go to puretalk.com enter promo code levin podcast to save 50 percent off your first month pure talk is simply smarter wireless for up to me peter schweitzer would be getting the pulitzer prize but then again honest journalists do not Peter Schweitzer, the Republicans so far under Mitch McConnell in the Senate, have pushed for a massing omnibus spending bill and to get it done before Christmas, before the Republican majority takes over in the House. So he'd rather cut a deal with Pelosi and Schumer than cut a deal with the Republicans. You've got a move for massive amnesty with Tom Tillis and Kirsten Cinema. That's gotten the green light from McConnell as well. They just passed an anti-religion act. Not, it's not a pro-marriage act. It's an anti-religion act. So that any religious institution that raises objections uh, to same-sex marriage uh, won't have a leg to stand on and can be federally charged. They already voted under McConnell, many of the Republicans, for uh, increased gun control. And the Democrats say it's not enough. And McConnell and 18 other Republicans voted for hundreds and hundreds of billions in another infrastructure bill. And I'm sitting here thinking to myself, this guy McConnell is not a leader. He is a deal maker. He is not a conservative, even though he's backed by pseudo conservative media platforms. He, in his 15 years as Republican leader, great, he's been good on judges. Well, any Republican leader is going to be, quote-unquote, good on judges. And then he trashes Trump. He used to trash the Tea Party. Talks about quality candidates, when in fact rhinos lose all the time. And we apparently don't have a lot of quality senators. Is this the Mitch McConnell that you wrote about, that you know about? Mr. Washington, Mr. Let's Make a Deal, Mr. I'm interested in promoting myself. Yeah, it is, Mark. Uh, it's great to join you as always. Yeah, I mean, here's the irony. You know, Mitch McConnell's criticism of Donald Trump and those people that supported McConnell was what? That Mitch McConnell is the principled conservative. 
<laughs> look at the things you just mentioned that he signed on to. There's nothing conservative. There's nothing principled about any of them. And this is really Mitch McConnell's trajectory. Um, I wrote about his ties, his family's financial ties uh, to the Chinese government. Um, and it's illustrative here, Mark, because it's the same thing as it relates to China policy, it was, as it relates to all these other things. He says things that are right. He will say things about China that, oh, yes, we've got to be concerned about China. But you look at his leadership position while he's been in the Senate. We've had these two massive, massive issues we've faced. COVID, right? We all know that it originated in China. Since that happened in January of 2020, has the U.S. Senate, even the Republicans in the Senate under Mitch McConnell, have they passed a resolution? Have they passed legislation? Have they pushed for even studying the origins of COVID? More than a million people have died. Uh, we don't have a 9-11 type commission on this. We should. The main reason we don't is because in the Senate, Mitch McConnell has never pushed for it. Think about that. A million Americans have died, and Mitch McConnell has had no apparent interest in trying to figure out actually what happened. I mean, I think we all know it was a lab leak. We know the Chinese government covered it up. But still, you need to investigate these things, and you need to hold China accountable. Look at the other big issue we're facing, fentanyl. Every single year, more Americans die than the combined casualties that we suffered in Korea, Vietnam, Afghanistan, and Iraq. Every single year, that many Americans are dying of fentanyl overdoses. And these are not like heroin addicts. A lot of people dying think they're taking Xanax or maybe they're smoking marijuana and, and it's laced with fentanyl. So these are people that are dying, not even knowing they're taking fentanyl. We know that 90% of the precursor chemicals that go into making fentanyl come from China. We know that Chinese state-owned companies are producing it. They're shipping it to Mexico. They're doing deals with the cartels and they're shipping this poison across the border in the United States. Has in the U.S. Senate the Republicans in the Senate, under Mitch McConnell's leadership, have they done a single thing to raise legislation, to even study the issue, to hold China accountable for what they're doing in fentanyl and the, the Americans that are dying every year? Absolutely not. And when I look at that, Mark, I look at the entanglements. I look at that his family's business, his in-laws, who, by the way, his father-in-law sent him a gift of some $10 million uh, about 10 years ago, made Mitch McConnell a very wealthy man. It's a shipping company, Foremost Shipping, and they struck a deal years ago with the Chinese State Shipbuilding Corporation to have all their ships built by the Chinese government. They have those ships uh, financed, the construction financed by Chinese state banks to the tune of hundreds of millions of dollars. The crews on those ships are all Chinese, provided by the government. And many of the goods that they ship around the Pacific Ocean come from Chinese state-owned ship companies. That is precisely the reason you're seeing no action on China. And that, by the way, is precisely the same reason you see this unprincipled leadership on the things you talked about earlier. Mitch McConnell has always been about talking and saying certain, certain things, but when it actually comes to pushing and fighting, he's never there. You know, uh, this is it's just so shocking to me. And let me let me say this to you. I would like to carry you over the break here. Okay. I notice that almost day after day goes to the microphone, and no matter what the issue is, he's trashing Trump. 
Now, I know he has animus towards Trump, but there's something else going on here. And I think he wants to, as best as he can in his own mind, drive up the negatives even further on Trump, drive down the support for Trump, and make it much, much easier for the corrupt Biden Department of Justice to indict Trump. Sending signals, if you will, in effect, to the Department of Justice that the Republican leader of the Senate is giving you the green light. I would like your opinion on that when we return. I'll be right back. Tired of overpaying woke wireless companies? How about this? Get talk, text, and blazing fast data, just 30 bucks a month. Yes, on the same network, the same towers, with the same coverage as the other guys, but for half the price. Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Hallelujah. Friends, this is great news. You can start saving today without having to sacrifice on coverage. How do I know? I'm a customer. Plus, listen to all the other benefits you get. A U.S.-based customer service team to make your switch even easier. You're supporting a veteran-owned business. And here's the best part. When you go to puretalk.com and enter promo code Levin Podcast. You'll save an additional 50% off your first month. That's right. Go to puretalk.com, enter promo code LEVIN, L-E-V-I-N, podcast, and you can be switched over in as little as 10 minutes. Switch to a company that shares your values. Go to puretalk.com, enter promo code LEVIN, podcast, to save 50% off your first month. Pure Talk is simply smarter wireless. Welcome back, America. I'm here with Peter Schweitzer. So my, uh, my thinking is, Peter, that there's a reason why McConnell keeps going to that microphone and pounding Trump. There's a reason why Chris Christie does it. There's a reason why Asa Hutchison does it. There's a reason why Larry Hogan does it. There's a reason why the Wall Street Journal does it and National Review does it and all the rest of them. But certainly in the case of McConnell, he's sending a signal to the Department of Justice, which is the most political Department of Justice in modern history, that as far as the Republican leadership goes, go for it. You'll get him off our back. As far as they're concerned, he's a cancer in the body politic. Go ahead, take him down, take down the people around him. Do it for us. We just as well get, get this over with, too. So actually think... That's what's going on right now. What do you think? Uh, I think in McConnell's case, you're actually absolutely right. Um, Look, look at people that like McConnell or dislike McConnell. One thing they all agree on, Mark, I think you and I would agree on, too. He's very calculating. You know, his nickname is the turtle because he kind of looks like a turtle, but he's also very calculating. Uh, And when he is talking about Trump, you'll notice he's not just giving sort of a uh, you know, a football analysis. Uh, he's using very precise legal terminology. Uh, and I think you are correct that when he is giving a press conference, the audience is not really uh, his constituents back in Kentucky, who I think probably like Trump, voted for Trump. Uh, it's not even the national media. It is the Department of Justice. And look, if the Biden administration wants to confirm Supreme Court justices, Uh, If they want other issues passed in the Senate, there are things that Mitch McConnell could do to make their life very difficult. So if Mitch McConnell's signaling it's open season on Trump as far as criminal charges. So you agree with me? I do. I do agree with you. And all you have to do is look 
I mean, it wasn't the case of criminal cases, but look when Mitch McConnell was leading the Republicans in the Senate in the majority when Donald Trump was president. It was sort of lukewarm support uh, for issues, and he always worked to try to get, gut or maneuver the, the legislation in a way that he wanted it. Um, he's never really liked the Trump agenda, and I think you're right. He is, the audience he's speaking to is the Department of Justice. Yeah, because I'm sitting here thinking about this. What he's doing is very odd unless that's what he's doing. Uh, and you're right, he's very calculating. He uses words very carefully. Uh, I mean, he's quite monotonous and boring, but that's what he's doing. So he's made it clear to the special prosecutor, he's made it clear to the Attorney General of the United States publicly by his constant attacks on Trump uh, that, go ahead, it's open season. I'm, I'm convinced of this, and I'm convinced it's not just him. I'm convinced it's some of the Republicans who are vying and don't have a shot sure. at being uh, nominated for President of the United States. This is the Republican establishment really, in their own way, working with the Democrats who control the federal law enforcement uh, instrumentalities of the government, working together in their own way to say, okay, the time has come, get rid of this guy. Yeah, and I think the question that everybody needs to uh, sit and consider, and I think we know the answer to it is, what's Mitch McConnell, take Donald Trump out of the equation for a second. And just look at the agenda. Replace Donald Trump with Ron DeSantis. Do we believe that Mitch McConnell has a more positive view of Ron DeSantis no. than he does Donald Trump? No, no I, don't, I don't think he does. Um, and, and so this is when people talk about a one-party state in Washington, D.C., that a lot of what you see between Republicans and Democrats on Capitol Hill is kind of professional wrestling, right? They're pretending that they're beating each other up when they're not. This is a clear-cut example of this. And, you know, I've spent a lot of time studying American history, especially 20th century American history. I cannot think of a time, even during the height of Watergate or White Watergate with, with Bill Clinton, I cannot think of a time when a re elected Republican leader was so negatively talking about somebody who was the recent standard-bearer of their party and talking about it in very specific legal ways which almost seemed to be sort of rolling out the red carpet and say, yeah, if you want to indict him, indict him. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's that blatant in my mind and that dangerous in my mind. And yet why am I, why are we the only ones to even notice this? Well, I think part of the problem in the Senate, and this is a, an example, you've talked about this uh, quite a bit, Mark, about the lack of profiles and courage in the Senate. Uh, I ask this question all the time. Why is it that Mitch McConnell keeps getting elected as leader. Uh, he's not inspiring. He's not a visionary. He doesn't get things done. And part of the reason is money. He has a stranglehold on some of the big donors to the Republican Party. He's able to raise a lot of money. And we saw in the last election cycle, what does he do? It's not about raising money to put the Republican Party in the majority. It's about using the money to build his own political fiefdom. So if you don't get in line, you might have a chance to win in your state, but I'm not going to you know, pour this money. So he puts together you know, hundreds of millions of dollars in money that he raises, and you've got senators who are scared. They're scared to, to buck him because they're afraid that they're not going to get the financial support. And that, to me, is an, an indictment, not just of Mitch McConnell, but of these senators who are spineless, 
and won't stand up to the sort of destructive behavior that he's engaging in. Mitch McConnell, his tenure in the Senate, in my mind, uh, has been essentially a policy of organized retreat. You know, you try to get a little concession from the Democrats, but basically you keep moving the goal backward and you keep allowing them to advance. Uh, And that is what Mitch McConnell excels at as a Senate leader. And he's been able to, to build on your point, he's been able to use the uh, office of a quote-unquote leader to empower himself. You might recall, he, I think it was a, a, a snuck-in language in the Obama bill or something like that, is my recollection, to massively increase by tenfold the amount of money that could be given by these dark money contributors to these leadership packs. I think yeah. it was like three thirty-five grand, and then they increased it to three hundred and fifty grand, or something along that magnitude, which is him. Now Schumer can do yeah. it too, but he's able to outraise the Republican Party. He's able to outraise any other campaign. He's able to throw thirty million at a candidate. He's able to throw nine million uh, against yeah. uh, a candidate in Alaska in order to help uh, build up Murkowski and withhold his funds from other people and so forth. And then. He blames the losers for not being good candidates, or he blames the Tea Party, or he blames Trump. He never looks in the mirror and never takes responsibility for anything. No, no, he doesn't. And this this financial machine that he's built, Mark, is this sort of reinforcing machine because, you know, a lot of those big checks, $350,000 or more, some of them are being written by big supporters that that support the Trump agenda, America first, et cetera. A lot of them are not. A lot of them are, you know, corporate America, chamber of commerce types um, who also, by the way, they cut the $500,000 check to Mitch McConnell. They're writing a $500,000 check to Chuck Schumer's leadership pack at the same time. Um, And so it's, it's a way of Mitch McConnell capturing that money uh, because most of the money for, you know, the MAGA America First portion of the party comes in small donations. So these big checks go into Mitch McConnell. And then, of course, he is advancing their agenda uh, against what most Republicans out in America want him to push for. So it's self-reinforcing. It makes him more establishment. It makes him more beholden to the Chamber of Commerce types. Uh, but it also gives him a very powerful tool that he can wield against people that um, are going to dissent. And I mean, that's the iron here, by the way, Mark. We're talking about Twitter and we're talking about censorship. Mitch McConnell doesn't censor, but he absolutely squelches dissent in the Senate, which is remarkable in my mind how he does that. And he uses money as his weapon. And notice he never leads on these big issues, whether it's Twitter, whether it's the border, you talk about China, any of these things. I'll go to the floor and mumble through a 15-minute speech somebody wrote for him, and that's that. And because I think your point is very important, these forces that put money into his coffers, and this guy, Stephen Law, you ought to look into him, former Commerce uh, Department of, excuse me, uh, Chamber of Commerce, this guy uh, who, who is his point man, these entities that give him all this money, they don't want leadership. They don't want no. somebody who's going to push hard against the Democrats and push back. 
They don't want somebody who's going to threaten to shut down the government if things don't begin to work and so forth and so on. They want a guy who's going to meet on the 40-yard line. They want a guy who's going to be bipartisan. And that's why when he's asked, what's your legislative agenda, he doesn't have one. Yeah. Yeah, because there's no money in principle, Mark. Um, and you're quite right. You mentioned Stephen Law. There are others. The, the apparatus of the Republican Party, uh, many of the political consultants, even they might be working for the RNC, the main you know, political body. But because Mitch McConnell raises so much money, what does that money go for? Well, sometimes he'll, he'll send you know, $10 million to a campaign. What he'll do a lot of times is he'll, he'll buy uh, ads on television. There are huge fees to be made, $15, you know, consulting fees made by these political consultants that work for the RNC for these media buys. So they fall in line with, with Mitch McConnell. So you know, think about that, Mark. You do a $10 million media buy. There's a $1.5 million fee for these political consultants off the top that end up in their pockets. So you've got the money flowing in. You've got his ability to squelch dissent. But he's also got this army of political consultants that work for the RNC. They're supposed to be advancing the Republican Party, but they want their palm greased. They want the contracts and they know that Mitch McConnell can raise lots of money. So, you know what? We want to fall in line, too, and do what Mitch McConnell says as well. It's, it's, there's really very little resistance within the Republican Party establishment because you don't make money resisting Mitch McConnell. And that's the tragedy in what's going on. It really is shocking. I mean, uh, and uh, it's very difficult to break through this kind of a stranglehold that he has in the Senate and that these senators are so weak. I mean, if you challenge him, you come under attack. You can see the leaks to the liberal media, Politico and the New York Times, the Washington Post. For all they say about McConnell, they will do his bidding, won't they? They absolutely will. Uh, look, I believe, Mark, that it, it, all it's going to take is one or two senators to really step forward. And, and I think that, that he will collapse like a house of cards. I don't think he's that popular with his colleagues. I don't think he's respected by his colleagues. I think you, you think of those, some of those in the Senate that are, that are seemingly principle-driven. Um, that's where the energy is in the party. What, what you get from Mitch McConnell is sort of the old established way uh, that can be lucrative for some people, but all it's got to take is for a few people to step forward and say, this is outrageous. And by the way, talk in very explicit terms what's going on. The money flow, who's making money, who's getting rich with this established direction, and ultimately look at the failures of the Republicans in the Senate. What, what have they accomplished? I mean, you mentioned at the, at, the, at the beginning, they said, yeah, they, they got some justices through, but that's what any republican senate leader is going to do yes it's 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 the bread and butter what they're supposed to do it's all the other stuff where it's been an abject failure it's nothing there's nothing proud here for republican senators to look at and it's my hope that we're going to have a couple of profiles and courage step forward challenge this and that will change things you know i mean is he really better than trent lott was is he really better than bob dole as a matter of fact i would argue bob dole was a pretty damn good republican senate leader yeah yeah, he not, was. not a big conservative, but but he was he was tough and uh, and he could communicate to the American people. I mean, Mitch McConnell can't even go into Republican states and campaign. He's so despised. <laughs> no, you're right. right, Peter. Listen, I want to thank you very, very much 
for your courage and your insight and your uh, and your knowledge on this subject. I just want the people to be aware of this. It's nothing personal with me, but this is a big, big obstacle to achieving anything. His name is Mitch McConnell. Take care of yourself, brother. Have a Merry Christmas and a great New Year, too. Same to you, Mark. Thanks again. All right, man. He is great. Great. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Tired of overpaying woke wireless companies? How about this? Get talk, text, and blazing fast data, just 30 bucks a month. Yes, on the same network, the same towers, with the same coverage as the other guys, but for half the price. Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Hallelujah. Friends, this is great news. You can start saving today without having to sacrifice on coverage. How do I know? I'm a customer. Plus, listen to all the other benefits you get. A U.S.-based customer service team to make your switch even easier. You're supporting a veteran-owned business. And here's the best part. When you go to puretalk.com and enter promo code LEVINPODCAST, you'll save an additional 50% off your first month. That's right. Go to puretalk.com, enter promo code LEVIN, L-E-V-I-N, podcast, and you can be switched over in as little as 10 minutes. Switch to a company that shares your values. Go to puretalk.com, enter promo code LEVIN, podcast, to save 50% off your first month. Pure Talk is simply smarter wireless. Hanukkah starts Sunday. By the way, a killer life, Liberty and Levin this Sunday. May I say, I think I shall. If I don't tell you, nobody will tell you. Even the promos for the show, have you noticed, Mr. Producer? Remember the guy that used to do uh, the toilet paper commercial? He used to talk real fast. Wasn't that? Uh... It's like a 10-second hit. Life, Liberty and Levin. Mark Levin is a What? Maybe I should change my name to Kevin Costner. You think I should, Mr. Producer? My God. The guy gets FaceTime. Just saying. Look, I call him as I see him. And that's what I see. I shall return. Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in America with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? They have everything you could possibly want like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, much, much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. My wife Julie and I decided it was time to add more flowering trees to our landscape, and Fast Growing Tree was a great resource for us. A large selection and no hassle ordering or shipping. This spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on selected plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code LEVIN at checkout. L-E-V-I-N. Now that's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using code LEVIN at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code L-E-V-I-N. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. Please visit FastGrowingTrees.com for details. 
Folks, I need you to do something today. With aircraft prices surging and flights being canceled left and right, it's harder than ever for our wounded, ill, and injured service members to be with their loved ones on Christmas. And unless we do something right now, within the next two weeks, hundreds of wounded service members will be forced to be apart from their families on Christmas. Luke's Wings believes that every wounded warrior should be able to spend the holidays with their loved ones. Since 2008, they provided more than 14,000 airplane tickets, reuniting families with wounded warriors. This Christmas, please join me and help Luke's Wings reunite 500 wounded warriors with their families by making a tax-deductible donation at lukeswings.org today. Please don't wait. Donate right now. Airfare is rising fast, and these soldiers are running out of time. Please make a meaningful impact this Christmas. Bring a soldier and their family together by donating today at lukeswings.org. That's lukeswings.org, lukeswings.org. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, we may take some calls this hour, 877-381-3811. Hello, 877-381-3811. Now, the Netanyahu government is forming, as they must do over there in Israel. The various parties uh, ran on a platform, this coalition, of the right, they call it. You have Likud, which is the biggest party in Israel. And you have some other parties, including some Zionist parties, some religious parties. Some of them don't have a lot of disagreement among them, or they're one or two issue parties. And so they coalesce together. You need to get to 61, because their parliament, their Knesset, has 120 members. So you need to get to 61. Well, they got to 64. Now, believe it or not, that's considered somewhat of a landslide in Israel these days. The prior government, well, they got to a majority. You know how they got to a majority? For the first time in the history of Israel, they invited the Arab parties into their coalition. Now, some of you might say, well, what's wrong with that? Well, the Arab parties do not believe in the existence of the state of Israel. I'd say there's something wrong with that. So in order for the leftists and the liberals to take control of the government in Israel, their coalition literally included members of the Knesset, of their parliament, that opposes the existence of their parliament and opposes the existence of the Jewish state of Israel. Now here in the United States you saw no complaints about that from the reformed Jewish groups. They didn't object. You saw no complaints from the liberal secular Jews. They didn't object. And of course, you didn't see any concerns about J Street, groups like that, and other anti-Jewish, anti-Israel organizations. And those exist, shockingly enough. They had no problem with it. None of them. None of them. 
They have no problem with Joe Biden turning on your taxpayer money spigot to give it to the Palestinian Authority, which in turn uses a significant amount of that money to subsidize terrorists. The more Jews that they kill, the bigger their pensions and the pensions for their families. So in other words, they encourage it. Donald Trump had cut that off. Cut it off. Joe Biden turned it back on. It's called the Taylor Force Act, and I've told you before, Taylor Force was an American who went to West Point. He was a veteran. And in an act of terrorism in Israel, he was murdered. He was killed. And the Taylor Force Act was pushed hard by Ted Cruz and others, and it was passed, and Donald Trump pushed it, and he signed it. Joe Biden has completely sidetracked it and ignored it. So what are all these people whining about? The reformed Jewish groups, the liberal secular Jews, the self-hating anti-Jews. What are they whining about? And they're writing in, of course, the Jerusalem Post and Haaretz and even in the United States. They're very upset about this crazy government that Benjamin Netanyahu's putting together with parties that actually support the indigenous nature of the Jews in Judea and Samaria. Oh, why is that so bad? It's not. With parties that actually support the existence of the state of Israel. What's so bad about that? Nothing. With individuals who believe that the Supreme Court in particular in Israel has become a tyrannical court, which it has, and they want to introduce more, how should I say, responsibility in the judicial process. What's wrong with that? Nothing. And in the case of Netanyahu, he will not tolerate a nuclearized Iran. What's wrong with that? Nothing. The problem is, ladies and gentlemen, the reformed Jewish groups the liberal secularist Jews and the anti-Jew Jews, they like the prior government. The self-hating, self-destructive liberal government under Lapid and before him Bennett, who was a complete Benedict Arnold, a complete fraud who ran to the right of Netanyahu and then shifted heavily left because he wanted to be prime minister for a day, and that's pretty much what he got. And he only had five members of the Knesset. That's never been done in the history of Israel, the short history of Israel. So in other words, these are Netanyahu haters. These are people who hate Orthodox Jews. These are people who hate Jews who live in Judea and Samaria as, as indigenous Jews. These are people who hate the very essence of the state of Israel and the Jewish people. This is why several years ago I announced here, whenever it was, that having gone to Reform Synagogue in Elkins Park, Pennsylvania, a very nice synagogue, Knesset Israel, but having seen how the Reform Jewish organizations conduct themselves and most of their rabbis conduct themselves, they are nothing but leftists 
And that's what they promote. And that's what they teach. They're Democrats. Big D, not little D, big D Democrats. The liberal secular Jews, they're Democrats. That's their faith. That's the religion, as my wife likes to say. And the anti-Jew Jews like J Street and the others who give aid and comfort to the Palestinian terrorists, among others, they're utterly useless. And so they've all come together, you see, to condemn the what will be the new government in Israel. Now, the funny thing is, the Biden administration has been working behind the scenes, in the shadows, to try and influence the this government, the formation of this government, by objecting to certain individuals who want to defend and acknowledge the indigenous nature of Judea and Samaria, or who are hardliners when it comes to defending the state of Israel. The Biden administration is trying to prevent these specific individuals from being cabinet ministers or having significant power in a new Netanyahu government. They didn't try to prevent the Arab parties that want the dissolution of the state of Israel. And of course, they're subsidizing, as I said, believe it or not, Palestinian terrorism. And they also want to create a Palestinian consulate in Jerusalem. Even though Jerusalem is the capital of the state of Israel. That would be like some group within the United States demanding that that they, that, or, or excuse me, a foreign government having a consulate in Washington, D.C. or a foreign entity having a consulate in Washington, D.C. when the government where that entity is based has an embassy in Washington, D.C. The reformed Jewish groups, the liberal secular Jews, and the anti-Jew Jews, the self-haters, have no problem with that. So why am I bringing all this up, since most of you aren't Jewish? Because it's in the media everywhere. Because the voices of those who despise America tend to be the same voices of those who despise the state of Israel. The voices of those who despise conservatism in America, despise conservatism in Israel. Most of these people don't even comprehend or do not care that the West Bank is not the West Bank. The West Bank of Jordan? Are you kidding me? Jordan grabbed Judea and Samaria during Israel's war for independence. Why is it that the left in this country and the media in this country, one and the same, are concerned about the indigenous peoples in the United States, as we all should be, but reject the notion of the indigenous peoples in Judea and Samaria? It's not the Palestinians. In fact, they're not even historically called Palestinians. They're Arabs. They're Bedouins. But they know how to play the media in America. So this is going on here in this country. It's going on in Israel. 
And the media in Israel is actually worse than the media in the United States. It's hard to believe. But there is no Fox News in Israel, except to the extent to which they get Fox News in America in Israel on cable. There's no conservative talk radio per se. There are conservative podcasters. Like I said, there's no conservative Fox News. None of it. It's almost all lefty, except for one weekly newspaper. It's pretty much it. And yet Netanyahu manages to win anyway. So here we had a fair and square election. The last election was not. They basically hijacked the government by bringing the Arabs in. And the Arabs, these are Arab parties that don't even believe in the state of Israel. Tell me, what other country does that? We do that. Democrat Party doesn't believe in America. And yet there they are. And so they're trying to destroy this incoming administration even before it has solidified its various parts. And they're going to go after their agenda because Netanyahu has decided that the judiciary in Israel, particularly the Supreme Court, and he's 100% correct, is completely out of control. The justices have a major role in appointing the justices. Did you know that, Mr. Producer? They have the major role in appointing the justices. Their lawyers, their bar association, has the major role in the lower courts. They have no constitution. They have what's called a basic law, which means these judges and justices just rewrite the so-called basic law at will. And, of course, it's always pushing the left agenda. Always, always, always. So it's not really a representative government. It's not really a democracy as parliament as parliamentary systems go. In many ways, it's a judicial tyranny. And so this new government wants to put an end to it. Anyway, I wanted you to know some background about what's going on and the influence of the left in this country as they try to exercise their influence in that country. The same ideology, pretty much the same mindset, the same actors. And I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to ask you a question. Did you know withdrawing your cash from the bank can be very risky? That's right. Banks are now required to spy on us for the government. And they report any behavior they think is suspicious. It's true. And I was shocked when I read the secret war on cash from Swiss America. The new war against cash is really a war against the Constitution. Against all freedom-loving Americans. So, you need to read the war on cash. Get your free copy by calling 800-630-1492, 800-630-1492, or visit SwissAmerica.com. Now, this war on cash is growing daily and also includes all forms of digital money. Please get and read The Secret War on Cash free to my listeners by calling now, 800-630-1492, 800-630-1492. Or visit SwissAmerica.com.
quality of our candidates, they say. Blake Masters has a significant education. Blake Masters was extremely successful as a businessman. He was a quality candidate, wasn't he? Mehmet Oz, extraordinarily successful businessman, doctor in his own right, a television personality, the quality of a candidate. He was much more qualified than Fetterman. He was a quality candidate. I'm pushing back. Herschel Walker, Heisman Trophy winner, businessman, philanthropist, spent a lot of time with people to try and help them and support them, running against a Marxist. Despite what they say about Herschel Walker, he was a quality person. Those are three quality people who were quality candidates. And all three of them almost won. Now, the fact is, Arizona's a purple state, Georgia's now a purple state, and Pennsylvania's a purple state. And in the case of two of those candidates in Arizona and Georgia, Walker's running against an incumbent, and Blake Masters is running against an incumbent. It's very difficult. And Blake Masters didn't receive a funny. A funny, a penny from the McConnell group. And Oz was running against a media that was trying to destroy him and an enormous amount of money that was spent against him. So why is it that we accept the line that they put out in Washington and in the media and by McConnell that these were poor candidates? I have to think they were very good candidates in very, very difficult races in very difficult states. These weren't red states, which were shoo-ins. Take a look at New Hampshire, Bolduck. Again, running against an incumbent. New Hampshire is now a purple state. And he trashes Bolduck, a retired general, a good candidate, four very good men. And yet the Washington media, even the so-called conservative media, the pseudo-media, and their think tank types, many of whom worked in the Bush administration and so forth, we need quality candidates, we need quality candidates. What they mean is we need McConnell candidates. Yeah, McConnell candidates don't win. Didn't win in Arizona. He had two of them run in Georgia. They both lost. Think about this. They're losers. But those four candidates were quality candidates. Running in purple states. Three out of the four running against incumbents. Incumbents. That's not so easy to do. 
And yet this whole thing has been spun and turned into a pretzel. It really has. And so that's why I keep pushing back. So I think these things through and you have to unravel the static and the propaganda. It's just repeated over and over and over again. All right, we have more. Gee whiz, we're only down to a half hour left here. I'll be right back. Mark Levin doesn't just read the news, he makes the news. Call the Mark Levin Show now at 877-381-3811. You know, I, I want to talk to you about something. A little bit deep. It's hour three, so we have fewer listeners in hour three than we do in one and two. It's the nature of a three-hour radio show. So those of you who are listening right now, you really want to be here. You know, life is an interesting thing. It's a funny thing. It's a complicated thing. People ask me, what do I do for a hobby? I think. I write notes to myself. Something interests me. I dig in the background of a person. I'm not talking about actors and entertainers. No, no, no. Philosophers. Statesmen of the past. Ancient history. Modern history. World history. American history. Nobody escapes this planet. Alive. Nobody. Some people have it all figured out. They know where they go. And I think that's fantastic. Some people, maybe a lot, do not. Either way, when you think about the long length of time that this planet has been in existence, the universe even longer, And then you start to think that there are infinite numbers of universes. In many ways, it's beyond our conception. We have our own lives, our own daily practices, if you will, and habits and work and family and so forth. And of course, we have to be focused on that if we're going to succeed, if we're going to survive. But I'm sure on a clear night, you look up at the sky, see the stars, see the moon, and you think about it. Where does it end? It doesn't end. How's that possible? We don't know. Billions and billions of years. Most of us will live into our 80s. Maybe 90, some people 100, some people a lot less. We're here for such, such a short period of time. A short period of time. How do we contribute to our fellow man? How do we contribute to our society? How do we contribute to our family? 
Can you name five generations back, Mr. Producer, your great-great-great-great-grandfather? Can you name your great-great-great-great-grandmother, of which you would have several? Neither can I. It's really not that long ago. And yet even your flesh and blood, it's as if they never existed. We're curious about it. You know, we sign up for those various programs and so forth to check our DNA. What's our background? What's our history? We are desperate to know, many of us. But a lot of us really aren't sure. Or you get mixed results. Or, like me, you're kind of a mutt. You've got all kinds of things in your background. Why are we here? And why are we here for such a short period of time? And when we're gone, we go to heaven? Or we go to hell? I've never really shared this with you in the audience here, but I'm going to. Near the very end, I think the day before he effectively lost consciousness and went into hospice, my father said to me, because he so loved my mother for 68 years, and I told this to some of the staff today, at the TV studio, he said, eyes half open, very soft voice, how will I find your mother? I said, what do you mean, Dad? We never had this discussion before. He said, billions and billions of people in heaven, how will I find your mother? Some of you know. I don't know. Some of you think you know. I don't know. How will I find your mother? Who passed away four months later, almost to the day, of liver cancer. And cancer had racked my father's body. He was in so much pain. Broke his shoulder, broke a rib, just trying to move. I said to him, Dad, do you want to keep fighting? He said, No. I'm done. I can't get out of your bed, out of my bed. I can't see your mother anymore. She was at home, he was in the hospital. I can't even kiss her. I'm done. 93. And then he said, please come here. And I went over to him. <clears throat> and he kissed my hand. Life is uh, very complicated. Life has its happy times and it has its excruciating painful times 
you've all been through it all. I often wonder. I often wonder how parents can handle the death of a child. The death of a toddler. Cancer, some rare disease, or hit by a car, some horrible accident, or or murder, or whatever it is. How do you survive that? And so it's something to keep in mind, particularly now, when we get into these religious holidays, Christmas, Hanukkah, the end of the year. So when I'm done this program, what I typically do is go to a table where I have piles of books. And I start reading for the project I'm working on. Sometimes I can't sleep. I'll get up at three and four in the morning and go back to the table and do the same thing. Sometimes I'll get a mental block and leave that table. But always hanging over me and maybe over you. What's all of this for? What's all of this about? And then pretty much I conclude you got to live within your space. We're mere mortal human beings. Nothing bigger, nothing smaller. Do the very best you can. Don't be frivolous with your life. You don't have to be famous. You don't have to be rich. Just don't be frivolous with your life. Because the clock is ticking. Don't panic. Don't be in a hurry. Enjoy life. Just don't be frivolous. And think about where you live the greatest country on the face of the earth. And thank God you're not in some hellhole. That you're not on the receiving end of missiles and artillery in Ukraine. That you're not a Christian living in Sudan where the Muslims are slaughtering you. That you're not a a Uyghur in communist China. That you're in the greatest country on the face of the earth for now. For now. And those of us who know that to be the case. And want our children to live in the greatest country on the face of the earth. And want our grandchildren and future generations to share what we share. We are all that stands between them and tyranny. The growing, obvious, aggressive tyranny in the United States of America. We do what we can. 
I consider you in this audience, especially my radio audience, part of part of the family. I don't know most of you personally, obviously. There's 14 and a half million of you. Many of you feel you probably know me. I do my show a little differently. Very down to earth. Sometimes a little heady, sometimes a little eccentric, but that's who I am. But you can ask my family. What I enjoy the most is not TV. It's radio. Radio. Looks don't matter. Yours or mine. You've got to use your brain. got to use your imagination. got to use your mind's eye. That's good. It's a good thing. And so there are no answers, to tell you the truth, in so much of this. Maybe faith is the answer. I think God wants you to think for yourself. God gives us free will. People could do great things. They can do evil things. They can do nothing. We're not machines. We're not robots. We're flesh and blood, God's creation. We're humans, so we are by definition imperfect. So what does Mark do on his off time? What's his hobby? Well, you just heard it. That's my hobby. You know, we're partnering with Preborn to rescue 10,000 babies from abortion by sponsoring free ultrasounds. Right now, we're just a 2,000 babies saved. It's fantastic. It's just not enough. Remember Schindler's List? You ever see that movie, Mr. Producer? Remember at the end, Schindler holds up a pin off his lapel and he's crying despite all he did put his life on the line to save Jews his factory workers remember what he said when he held up that pin this pin could have saved more Jews and he starts crying I'll be right back Mark Lovin What is it like to be Joy Reid every day, to be full of hate against your fellow man, to be full of bigotry and racism every single day? What is that all about? And yet this is the nature of the left. Her new enemy, of course, is Elon Musk. Just every day. To be grinding your teeth, filled with hate and animosity. She says it's a hellscape or anything goes. She would know with the old Twitter and so forth. Her old posts, racist, bigoted, homophobic, anti-Semitic. The poor woman needs help, but she'll never get it because she is celebrated for all those things. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you. As you know, we, we cover awful lots of stuff here. 
some current events, some much deeper. And I'm blessed to have you there. Trust me, I know it. And I'll see you tomorrow right here. Have a wonderful evening.